Welcome to the Hypnotoad Podcast on the Harlan College Sports Podcast Network. It's your friend, it's your compadre, it's the guy that's going to recap March for you for TCU fans. Andrew Zimmel hanging out with you this Monday morning after we watched our Frogs play two incredible games. Now, if you're one of those people who your team loses and that's it, you're done, you can't stand them, I feel bad for you because we got two excellent, excellent games out of TCU in this NCAA tournament. And we got a lot of really uh, interesting takeaways, I think, for the entire Big 12. So we'll talk about that a little bit later in the podcast. We're going to start with TCU, of course. Their win uh, against Arizona State and, of course, the loss last night against Gonzaga. We'll talk about all that, but first, got to remind you to like, subscribe, review the podcast wherever you get the podcast, whether you get it on Apple, on Stitcher, on Spotify, wherever you get it, please make sure you go give us a nice review. Thank you. Please and thank you. And then also, you know, subscribe to the podcast, share it with your friends, your family, your enemies. Doesn't matter. Just get those streams for us, please. And go follow the Heartland College Sports account on Twitter. We put a lot of really great stuff out all March for you during March Madness, covering the entire Big 12. So if you're somebody that loves TCU but likes to keep up with what the other Big 12 teams are doing, maybe some news breaks for Iowa State or Kansas, and you know, probably kind of perks your ears up a little bit. They have all that information for you over there. Our guys over there do an excellent, excellent, excellent job. Cannot stress that enough. Well, I told you before the playoffs began. I told you before the Big 12 championship games were played. I told you before all of this. I said my expectation for this TCU basketball team after watching them play the entire regular season was the second round. I said, look, I'm not asking for an Elite Eight appearance. It'd be nice. I'm not asking for a Final Four appearance. It'd be swell. What I'm asking for is just to get into the second round. Because I look at the way that it was shaken out. I told you. I said, hey, this is probably going to be a six seed. It's not going to be a very easy seeding. They're going to have to play a very tough teams to start out. Boy, oh boy, was that true. I knew what we kind of were expecting, right? Like, I knew what we were going to be up against as TCU uh, faithful. And I was kind of right. I said to you before, I said, look, Arizona State or Nevada, I think it's going to be Arizona State, that Bobby Hurley-led team, they're not a team that's an 11 seed. That's a really good Arizona State team. That's a team that took down Arizona. Now, granted, you know, if you watch NCAA March Madness, you saw Arizona got bounced. You're probably thinking to yourself, Zimmel, <laughs> doesn't matter. Arizona wasn't very good. I'm telling you, the regular season, completely different ball game. Arizona was a very good team. Arizona State knocked them off. I knew that Arizona State was going to be coming in with their ears pinned back. TCU got pushed to the absolute brink. Okay, That was a 72-70 win with one of the best buzzer beaters of that first two days of tournament action. And it was nice because TCU, well, let me rephrase that. It was nice poetically that TCU was the last game of the night, both nights, that they played. Because you got to see Jacoby Cole knock down a buzzer beater with 1.5 seconds. And if you told me before that play was ran, drawn up in the, in the huddle, that he would be the one that's taking the last shot, I would have called you crazy. I would have said, no way is Cole going to be the one that ends up taking this last second shot. He took it. He hit the floater. They won the game. Everything's fine. It's all great. It's poetic because that buzzer beater kind of wraps up that Friday, right? Like that buzzer beater is the last thing kind of puts you to bed at night. Well, I don't know if you could go to bed. I couldn't go to bed last on Friday night after that buzzer beater. But for the majority of fans, right, that was the thing that kind of sent them to sleep. We had all these upsets earlier in the day, earlier in the week, and that was the thing that kind of got to put you to sleep at night was this great buzzer beater, something that you love to see in March Madness, let alone love to see in that first weekend. 
It's a great. It's a, been a great March Madness. It's been an excellent March Madness. It's been a absolutely spectacular March Madness. I cannot stress that enough to you. If you're only watching TCU games, you're you're really chopping your foot off here because it's been incredible to see some of these teams, some of these upsets. All right, but they win on Friday night, a 72-70 win against Arizona State. Jacoby Cole gave six seed TCU a 72-70 win over 11 seed Arizona State. TCU trailed by as many as 44-37 at halftime. They trailed at 11 points in points in the second half. I thought this was uh. The book was closed on TCU, honestly, in that first game. I thought when they got down by 12, I was like, oh, boy, this is it, huh? This is it? This is uh, this is how they go out? They lose in the first round? And I, I kind of, I'm not saying I expected it, but it was it was something that was kind of, it was chewing at me a little bit. I said, this is, you get into the NCAA tournament, all season we talk about how good the Big 12 is, and then Kansas loses, Baylor loses. Now TCU is going to get bounced in the first round. Like, this is awful. I was kind of chewing myself up about it a little bit. But then they came back and they really, really pushed the tempo. They really got things going. Damian Blah, he had free throws with 34 seconds to play. A minute later, uh, Blah hit a three-pointer to tie the game at 67-all. That was about with a minute left in the game. TCU led uh, 70-67 with 24 seconds left to play. Uh, then Mike Miles Jr. hit a free throw. Sun Devils' DJ Horn, he made his fourth three of the game to tie it back up at 70 with uh, 15.7 seconds left, that's when TCU took the timeout and drew up the play. It was a uh, it was a great game, back and forth and back and forth. Mike Miles Jr. he had a team high 26 points. It's his fourth game in double figure, 24th game in double figures this season. Now of 26. So when we talk about him being a leader on this team, that has been a, a kind of a talking point more and more. I think as the season went on, was that Mike Miles Jr. was a, a leader on this team. And it kind of proved to be true. It was the fourth most points in a TCU NCAA tournament game in a, in whatever. And uh, TCU, this is one that caught me kind of by surprise here. TCU improves to eight and two in games played in NBA arenas over uh, with uh, Jamie Dixon. Kind of interesting. I didn't know that. That was something to kind of I don't know. One of those interesting stats for you. But that Arizona State game, it, it showed me a lot in TCU because I remember earlier in the season. And this is why you play all those regular season games. I, I'm one of those people that regular season banner doesn't really matter to me. You want to win the your conference tournament. You want to win the NCAA tournament. The regular season is kind of just a shrug of the shoulder. But this is one of those times where I can actually give you definitive proof that the regular season matters. That the regular season is something that you should care about. Because I remember very, very distinctly watching TCU play Kansas earlier this season. And it was a similar situation to Arizona State. Now, I think Kansas is a better team there. Arizona State, TCU took down Kansas on the road this season. And it was one of those games where, like, I remember watching it, and I remember the lead being double figures. And TCU just chipping away at it, chipping away at it, chipping away at it, chipping away at it. And then all of a sudden, they're in the game. All of a sudden, it's four minutes left, and Kansas is in front of their fans being like, uh-oh, what do we do here? How do we defend home court? How? What was happening? The ball's bouncing this way, bouncing that way. And TC, they got down, and I think that you could kind of see some of that resiliency. You kind of see some of that, like, uh-oh, like, we're fine. You know what I mean? Like, the other team, Arizona State, is a little bit more pressed. Arizona State's a little bit more uncomfortable. Well, we feel fine. To play at whatever it was, like 820 was that tip-off time, 
to play at 7 o'clock tip-offs for the majority of your season, noon tip-offs for the majority of your season, and then play late on a Friday night. I, I also get to give them credit there because playing late on a Friday night kind of throws off your circadian rhythm a little bit. You're playing in higher altitude in Denver. This is not you know a normal situation for you, and you're still able to have your legs. And again, you cannot stress it enough. Jacoby Cole's little floater with 1.5 seconds left. Because when he took that, I, I watched him take floaters all game. And it felt like TCU. I don't have the shooting numbers in front of me right now. I had them after the game for you. But it felt like TCU was just could not hit anything in that first half. It, it felt like all of these shots were hitting off the back of the rim. And, and I know that's kind of the, the scouting report on college basketball, just in general, is you get kind of conditioned watching NBA games and you say like, oh, well, that's an open left corner three and then the guy that's shooting it for your college team can't hit it. NBA players hit it every day of the week. I I saw a lot of college basketball players these past four days just clang shots that I'm like, what the hell are you doing here? I've seen you hit these shots before. What What's going on? What's the difference here? I thought when that layup went up from Cole that it wasn't going to go in. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm a pessimist. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm just a, a, a Debbie Downer. I did not think that that shot was going to fall. And it did. And we won. So I got no qualms. Got no problems with it. Um, TC never got the respect they deserved with that because of all the other upsets that were happening in the day. I think that the TCU game, and because it was so late, I think a lot of the people on the East Coast and uh, honestly a lot of people in the Midwest probably didn't watch the game. So... They didn't get the respect they deserved. I didn't see their highlight playing on Twitter. I didn't see their highlight playing on ESPN over and over and over again. Partially because there was upsets. There were 16 seeds that took down one seeds, all that type of stuff. But I really want to, this is why we spent so much time at the beginning of this podcast talking about the win and not just like recapping a loss last night is because I want it to be completely crystal clear here. That this is a, this was a great game. And if you're in for entertainment, then last night's game was a great game too. They lost by three, 84, 81 to the Zags, the number three seed, and I thought the inverse. I thought after taking down Arizona State that TCU had Gonzaga's number, and that just goes to show the difference between this team and a Gonzaga team that has a lot of seniors, has a lot of team members who have been to the Elite Eight, have team members that have been in the NCAA tournament multiple times, has a coach that has led Gonzaga to a pretty deep NCAA tournament runs. That's just the difference here. So, TCU loses to number three Gonzaga in the second round on uh, Sunday night. Mike Miles Jr. had 24 points on 8 of 13 shooting from the field, 2 of 4 from 3. Can't really complain about that. Damian Blah had 15 points, game-high 8 rebounds, 4 assists. Manu Miller, he had double figures with 14 points. TCU led the entire first half, essentially. They went into halftime leading. Uh, They had a... uh, 25-15 25-15 lead with 7.30 left in the first. They went into halftime leading by 5, 38-33. And it was like, I thought that TCU really had the bull by the horns. I thought this is where they got Gonzaga. I saw earlier in the uh, week, we saw Purdue, the number one overall team, lose. And that's why, I, I don't know, maybe I got lulled into a sense of false security with TCU. Maybe, I, that, maybe that was the problem. Maybe that was the issue, is that I'd seen higher seeds lose to lower seeds earlier in the week, and they just looked shell-shocked. The the higher seed goes into the locker room. The coach gives the rah-rah speech. Hey, we're better than this team. Hey, just do what you're supposed to do. And then they come out of halftime, and the the lower seed still has momentum and takes them down. 
Maybe that was the problem. Maybe I was just conditioned to seeing that so that I thought Gonzaga would kind of roll over. They did not, clearly. Uh, they came out of the second half, took their first lead since the four-minute mark, uh, 46-45 with 15-22 left to play. And then TCU just regained the lead right away with the next possession of Miles 3. And then another three gave the Frogs a 55-50 lead with 12-14 to play. Now, at this point, I was thinking to myself, all right, we're good. Mike is just doing what Mike does, you know? He, he's one of the best players in the Big 12. Did not get the credit he deserved because of the knee injury that he suffered this year. Coming into the tournament, I thought a Sweet 16 appearance would really vindicate his entire career at TCU. I thought this would be like the kind of the sprinkling on the top or the topping uh, on the cake for him and for Dixon as well. Getting to the Sweet 16 would have been a big, massive step for this program. The Bulldogs answered with 13 unanswered points uh, after that and took a 63-55 lead, and then they just never kind of gave it up. It was just that. That was it. Gonzaga, they went on this run, and then TCU never was able to get back into the swing of things, which is completely fine. That is exactly what good teams do, right? Good teams, they find a way to get some runs together. They find a way to kind of, you know, win those type of games. Win games where you trail by five going into halftime. Win games where the other team's best player is having a really good night. I think one of the biggest things for college coaches is how do you turn a good night for a guy into just another night, right? Like if, if a guy's having a really good night, like I mentioned, you know, Miller had, what was it, 24 points. 24 points is a pretty solid night for about any college basketball player, but you just turn that into just another box score if you shut everybody else down, and that's what they did. Um, the Zags continued to answer every time. TCU got close. They made it a four-point game. Um, Gonzaga's Drew Timian. Now, i I be completely honest with you here. I am not a big fan of big white basketball players. Timian especially. He looks like he should be in Super Troopers. No, no, like, you know, no shade to him. I'm just not a big fan of that type of look. The Fu Manchu look. This not doesn't work good. Doesn't look, look good for most guys. Doesn't look good for him. Um, 28 points, 8 rebounds. And this is where, in the podcast, we talk about uh, what would this team have looked like if Eddie Lampkin was playing. Because I know that's what a lot of people are thinking, okay? Especially when you lose by three to a Gonzaga team that had more size. What would it have looked like if Eddie Lampkin was playing? Eddie Lampkin's probably thinking, what would a TC look like if I was playing too? I don't think that it would have made that much of a difference. I'll be completely honest with you here. I think that it was very nice for TCU not to have size, and I know that's a weird thing to say, but hear me out here. I think it was good for TCU not to have that big size that kind of slows things down, that they were able to kind of run five men on the court that can get up and down the court. You heard it on the broadcast a lot when they talked about it, that TCU likes to get out and run with you. They like to get out on the fast break and get quick points like that, get transition points. We talk about it over here all the time. We said that TCU is a team that likes to get out into transition and make teams get back on defense quicker, right? And if they can't set up their defense, TCU's going to get some easy layups, which they did this entire tournament. Two games that they were in it, they got really good turnover, uh, really good turnover numbers, as well as got really good fast break numbers. Lampkin, I think, slows that down a little bit. I think in the half court, you have a better option. And I think that Drew Timian probably still has 25. I don't think Lampkin's going to shut down one of the best players in the country. Consensus All-American. I just don't. I don't expect that to happen. Sorry. I I just don't. So I don't think that he makes that much of a difference, um, to be completely honest with you here. Now, again, I say, 
if you're just tuning in, if you've never listened to the podcast before and you missed the episode before March Madness, he opted out. He transferred out. He went to the transfer portal. He had an issue with the coaching staff. He had an issue with Dixon, which is still very much up in the air. I think now that the uh, tournament's over, we can probably get some more information there. And when we get it, we'll give it to you. But I don't think that he makes that much of a difference. In this game, especially against Gonzaga, against Arizona State, I don't think the result changes. I still think that it would take, I, let me rephrase it. I don't think it's going to take a cold uh, last second shot for them to win, but I still think they win, whether regardless if he's there or if he's not there. And I think that if Arizona State plays TCU 100 times, I think TCU wins like 70 or 80 of them. Like, I just, TCU's the better team, so they should win those games. Gonzaga, I think that TCU probably wins 40% of the games if they played 100 times because TCU was in it the entire time. And I, this is, if we're going to nitpick, which what is what we're going to do right here. This is what we're going to do. We're nitpicking. That 13-0 run, I don't think that Dixon took a timeout early enough in that run. And again, this is armchair quarterback stuff, so it's fine. It's fair. I'm just being completely transparent here. I'm playing armchair quarterback. But in that 13-0 run, I want to say he took a timeout when it was a 10-0 run. And then Gonzaga scored one more time to make it 13-0 before TCU was able to to end the run. I think that if you call a timeout earlier, when you start seeing the rock slide kind of rumble, you have a chance to kind of get back into your offense. You get a chance to kind of get the game back into your hands. You don't let it get away from you is my point. And I think that TCU might have let the game get away from them a little bit against Gonzaga which is completely fair because that's a team that has been here before. That's a team that has done this a lot of times. TCU fans got to understand that I this is a, this season is indicative of like the last five. If you said before the year that they would be a six seed in the NCAA tournament, they would shake up the uh, Big 12 tournament, they'd beat number three Kansas State in the Big 12 tournament, you'd be happy with that. I think I'm happy with it. I think it's a successful season. Like when you look back and you say that okay, Mike Miles Jr. is gonna have a knee injury, and TCU is still gonna find a way to win games, you'd be happy with the results of this season. Now, I'm not happy that they lost last night. I hope that doesn't come across. I hope you don't confuse my, you know, excitement for the whole year for an idea that's saying like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm glad they lost last night. Oh, it was a great. Se- it's it would have been a great season. It was a great season. It was a good season. I think that Dixon has a really good foundation now built, and I think that this is a team going forward that really, really could shake things up. The entire Power Five conference section, right? Like we were talking, we're not just talking about the Big Twelve. We're talking about the Big Ten, the SEC, the ACC. All these teams are having to recruit one-year guys, one, two-year guys. You, you never can really get um, the same starting lineup back-to-back years. And if you can, you're really lucky, and you really have to capitalize on that. But for the majority of Power 5 teams right now, you're kind of having to recruit a whole new starting five every two years. And if Dixon has to do that every year, that will be tough for TCU. That's my takeaway from the 2022-23 season. That if he has to go out every single season and go get four new starters, it's rough. 
you, I just don't know how you can compete, especially with the with Oklahoma and Texas leaving. It makes things a little bit easier. Kansas is still like going to be a great team every single year. They're a blue blood. Kansas State, they're going to continue to be good. TCU's probably and Baylor are the other two teams. I think when you look at it, um, it's going to be hard. And I think that Dixon's the type of coach that can get that done. And I think that he can convince some of the guys to stay. Now, I don't know who's going to stay. We'll talk about that as uh, the offseason progresses. Who do we expect to stay at TCU? Lampkin's already transferred out in the transfer portal. Who else might be following him? Those are the type of questions that I kind of have on my mind. But I, I today, wrapping up this week of podcast, I want to say I'm really impressed by TCU basketball. Um because it was a great season, and it was two really good fun. It was two fun games. It was two really fun games. And even when your team doesn't win, I think that you should be able to, as a fan, enjoy just the atmosphere. Should be able to enjoy the season, enjoy the game. And I enjoyed both those games, so I'm happy with it. Um, TC loses 84-81 to Gonzaga last night, um, and that's all she wrote. So. I want to thank you guys for listening to Hypnotoad Podcast. We are going to bring you another podcast next week. Going to take a little bit of time off this week. Bring you the next podcast next week and uh, talk baseball, softball, all things TCU. So remember, like, share, subscribe on uh, Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, wherever you get your podcasts, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever. Make sure you subscribe, rate, review us, and uh, go follow myself at Andrew underscore Zimmel on Twitter and, of course, the Heartland College Sports podcast uh twitter page speaking of which last thing i saw that uh our guys want to shout out to the heartland college sports guys who picked west virginia over maryland and then got for whatever reason we're getting slandered on twitter i thought it was a good pick i I had west virginia in my bracket too i don't know why all of a sudden maryland fans are acting hysterical whatever that'll do it for us i'll talk to you guys next week go tcu